You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Turkey's coup d'etat and its online aftermath. ISIS doxing reveals interest in Uyghur adherents. Brazil can add jihad to its Olympic worries. Taiwan's jackpotters come up lemons. Code-hooking vulnerabilities affect major security products. Soak Soak serves up Cryptex, F-Secure Catfish's ransomware help desks, and learns that, yeah, they really are serious about customer service. Serial swatter Mir Islam got a year in prison. Is that enough? And an actual sock puppet represents Phineas Fisher. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, July 20th, 2016. The aftermath of the apparent coup d'etat in Turkey continues to be marked by purges and restrictions on various media. WikiLeaks says it sustained a denial-of-service attack over the weekend after announcing plans to release a tranche of Turkish government documents. The leak service has now recovered from the DDoS episode. WikiLeaks itself and many observers think the incident was the work of the Erdogan government, although in fairness the internet will slow under heavy traffic and Twitter says it suffered some sluggishness of its own early this week. WikiLeaks has now dumped the promised documents online and has been duly blocked by Turkish authorities. It is, of course, possible to work around the block, even from within Turkey. The material released consists of emails belonging to the ruling AKP party. The emails go back to 2010, with the most recent ones dating to July 6, 2016. WikiLeaks says the leaks have no connection to anyone involved in plotting the attempted coup d'etat. Foreign policy thinks the events in Turkey show that, quote, the Internet has torn up the playbook for how coups are won and lost, end quote. Many observers note Erdogan's use of FaceTime and suggest that the Internet generally, and some social media platforms specifically, have superseded the easily interdicted press, radio, and television that earlier coups dealt with in well-understood ways. There are reports that cell phone carriers dramatically increased user bandwidth during the incident in ways that defeated some apparent attempts to shut down online services. Turkey has pulled out of some planned talks aimed at coordinating anti-ISIS operations. Whether this is a matter of policy or the accidental consequence of Turkish officials being busy with other things this week remains to be seen. ISIS itself has been busy elsewhere. Among the information leaked in the recent doxing of leading ISIS forum Shamuk el-Salam is correspondence with a number of Uyghur fighters in China who appear to have hitched their fortunes to the caliphate's bandwagon. Uyghur movements of various stripes have long been the subject of intense surveillance by Chinese security services. ISIS is also surfaced online in Brazil, where the small and little-known but still to the authorities worrisome extremist group Ansar el Khalifa has taken to Telegram to pledge fealty to ISIS. This adds a specifically jihadist element to the mix of cyber threats Brazilian authorities are coping with during the run-up to the Olympics. 
Cyber criminals pose the usual problems they always do to high-profile international gatherings, and hacktivists have also surfaced, most recently in the form of a distributed denial-of-service attack anonymous mounted against a court. This action was retaliation for a Brazilian court order blocking WhatsApp, objectionable to the judge because of its strong encryption. A higher court has since overturned this order, and WhatsApp is now available again as normal in Brazil. In vulnerability news, Ensilo warns that there are software code hooking issues affecting more than 15 security products from leading vendors. Ensilo promises a reported black hat, but they've posted an early version of their findings in the company's blog. Among the companies whose products are said to be affected are McAfee, Intel Security, Kaspersky, Symantec, Trendmicro, Bitdefender, AVG, Avast, Webroot, MSysoft, Vera, Citrix, specifically Zen Desktop, and Microsoft, specifically the hooking engine Detours. The affected classes of products include data loss prevention tools, host-based intrusion prevention systems, anti-exploitation, and antivirus products. Some have already been patched, other patches are in the works. And Silo thinks thousands of products are likely to be ultimately affected, and that fixing the problems will involve a lot of laborious recompiling of code. In the meantime, a lot of endpoints will be vulnerable to exploitation. We spoke to Morphosex Ronan Yehoshua about other aspects of endpoint protection, and he described the limitations of what it's reasonable to expect in this area, and an innovation they've developed that they're calling Moving Target Defense. Moving Target Defense is a concept that takes the target and change it in such a way that the hacker doesn't recognize it anymore. And not only that, we do that in a, in a randomized way each time the attacker gets into the system. So even if the attacker would understand what we do uh, and build an attack to uh, overcome it, next time he will meet the system, it will be totally different. That's why we call it moving target defense. The target constantly changes in front of the hacker. Yehoshua says that one thing attackers usually count on is that once they're inside a system, they know what to expect, what files and applications will likely be found, and where they'll be located. The way that attack, advanced attacks are, are able to penetrate an organization today that are so successful is because of the fact that those application operating systems are actually static. They do not change. That There's one way they're working. And Hackers know that, and they know that when the attack will get to the organization, they will meet the same application, the same operating system that they were designed to exploit. A moving target defense, on the other hand, does pretty much exactly what the name implies. Yehoshua explains the technique. We take the memory structure of the target, and we use polymorphism in order to randomize it and change it. And then, once the attack meets the target, suddenly it finds a totally different structure than it was designed in advance to exploit. So that's why we call it a moving target defense. The target constantly moves in front of the hacker. And now, instead of chasing after the hacker, trying to understand what they do, those hackers need now to chase after unpredictable moving targets. It's a clever innovation, but Yehoshua warns it's not a silver bullet. The attack surface is very wide. Uh, an organization will need to protect itself with several layers. Uh, what we recommend is, you know, you keep your antivirus there. That will probably stop in a very efficient way most of the usual known attacks. 
and then implement exploitation technique uh, mitigation like our and then if you want to really close everything around the, the endpoint you may install another layer and, and the whole discussion there in the market today is it's not what is the right product because there's no one product can that can do all is rather what is the right stack what is the right combination of products the enterprise needs to have on its PC that's Ronan Yehoshua he's the CEO at Morphosec Ransomware continues to be effective against a wide range of victims, and not all of them, or even most of them, are in the healthcare sector. The Soak Soak botnet is delivering Cryptex ransomware through compromised business WordPress sites. The attackers are exploiting the Rev Slider plugin. Extortionists using ransomware have long imitated certain legitimate business practices, especially customer service ones. F-Secure catfished several ransomware help desks to rate their services. They conclude that extortionists need good help desks. If you can't convince the customers you can actually restore their files, they've got little incentive to pay up. And finally, speaking of catfish, naturally turns our thoughts to sock puppets. Vice Canada has a video interview with an actual sock puppet, controlled by the famous hacktivist Phineas Fisher. Mr. Fisher agreed to be interviewed, but only if they would permit him to appear visually in the form of a sock puppet. He looks kind of like Kermit, only paler and with sort of a dinosaur haircut or scale cut. We're not sure. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero-trust-ai. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And I'm joined once again by Marcus Rosshecker. He's with the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Uh, Marcus, interesting uh, article on Krebs on security. Brian Krebs' uh, security-focused news and information uh, blog, online publication, um, about the serial swatter, stalker, and doxer, Mir Islam, who got one year in jail for his crimes. Uh, Brian Krebs was actually doxed and swatted by this guy. Let's just start off. Uh, explain to us what is doxing and swatting. 
Yeah, so unfortunately, doxing and swatting are happening more and more, and more frequently. Um, doxing basically is when an individual publishes private information about somebody online. A lot of times you'll see uh, public figures or or celebrities being doxed uh, by an individual uh, where that public figures or that celebrity's uh, private information such as home address, uh, phone numbers, perhaps even social security numbers and other information gets published online for anyone to see. Swatting um, is also very serious. It's where an individual tricks police or law enforcement into responding to a phony uh, incident like a hostage crisis or an active shooter incident or bomb square uh, where police are then responding to a residence uh, or a business based on this, this threat that was provided to them. Remember, in this case, this threat is completely phony, um, t- totally made up, um, but police, of course, don't know that they're responding to a phony threat. They think it's a real threat uh, that they're responding to, and uh, when they descend on a house, uh, the individual inside uh, is completely innocent and uh, is, is completely surprised by this police presence, and it can be a very, very uh, stressful and pre- even dangerous situation for everyone uh, involved. Now, in the article, certainly Brian Krebs was making the point that uh, Mr. Islam is only getting, he will only be serving about a year uh, in federal prison after time served. He was he had a 24-month sentence, but they counted time served, so he's only going to be in for another year or so. And according to Brian Krebs, you know, that that's a pretty short sentence for someone who uh, had doxxed and swatted uh, up to 19 people. I think it, uh, Brian Krebs is right in that it's a pretty pretty lenient sentence considering what happened or what might have happened um, for these really serious uh, actions here. But I think the court is also always um, uh, somewhat limited uh, in their sentencing because of the federal sentencing guidelines that exist, which uh, provide a court with a time range um, within which a court may sentence an individual perhaps even that uh, Mr. Islam was suffering from a certain degree of mental illness so that may have played into the court's decision on sentencing. If we want to prevent these kinds of actions uh, in the future, uh, I think uh, you know, one of the big pieces needs to be deterrence. And um, if these sentences are, are not strong enough, the deterrence factor uh, might not be as effective as, as it could be. So. We'll see. Uh, unfortunately, I think we'll we'll see more of these kind types of incidents, and we'll see what other courts uh, may do in terms of their sentencing for those cases. All right, Marcus Rosschecker, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With identity orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. 
That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K CyberWire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to share your feedback now.